Hey guys, good afternoon. I just want to welcome you to episode four of Explicitly Me. Sorry it's taken me so long to get to this episode. I tend to procrastinate, which is really something I need to work on because, you know, to podcast, people want to hear you and obviously if you're not making podcasts, then people are going to lose interest. And I don't want that to happen because I really do want this to turn into something big, Um, you know, especially for addiction and mental health is huge for me. Um, You know, I've mentioned those things before were two of the biggest, you know, reasons why I'm doing this. But Anyways, I wanted to talk about what happened to me, and it really begins with vanity and my self-esteem, which I should have not tried to take a quick version instead of, you know doing things the right way. But anyways, I'll explain a little bit to you what it is that I'm talking about. Um, A couple months ago, I started looking into different ways to lose weight. Now, when I, I, up until I had my fourth child, I was 120 pounds, 125 pounds. I mean, it never really swayed from there. Um, I never really gained a lot of weight during my pregnancy. I usually, and I just pop back to normal. Um, With my fourth pregnancy, that's not what happened. I gained a lot of weight and I had postpartum really bad. um, So therefore I gained more weight. And then that just led me down a hole of depression and, you know, eating and binge eating at that. Um, So, you know, I used, you know, loneliness or my depression or whatever as an excuse to be fat or I'm sorry, curvy, chunky, whatever. I wasn't comfortable with the way I looked. Um, You know, I feel that every woman should feel beautiful in their skin no matter what weight or size or shape they are. I was just used to a certain thing and a certain way that I looked and then I became something different and it wasn't okay with me. So anyways, getting back to looking into different ways to lose weight, I came across what's called an intragastric balloon rather I think it's Orbera is the brand name now these are balloons that they insert endoscopically inside your belly to make it to where you can only eat a certain amount now People only qualify if they have a 30 BMI or higher. 
but they can't be above a certain amount. It's basically for people who cannot have bariatric surgery, but still need or want basically to shed some weight. Um, so anyways, I thought I researched this super well, you know, and thought I knew what I was doing and, um, insurance does not cover this, um, procedure at all, no matter what. And so therefore I had to put forth a lot of money that I had saved. And it makes me sick to still think about how much money I handed over for this, especially for what happened. So anyways, I found a doctor who, you know, just basically uh, under the radar, wanted, you know, didn't mind doing it. Um, I was never weighed at this office. I saw this doctor one time to sign paperwork. Um, so basically kind of shady um, procedures, I think. They never really explained to me much about, you know, much about what could happen or that there were any real dangers to this procedure. It was kind of like, well, it goes in and it stays in for six months and you lose weight and then you get it taken out. So pretty cut and dry, right? Well, they didn't explain that there are things that could happen and what happened to me was one of them. So I'm gonna go on and say that I did get it done. And, um, you know, it felt kind of weird at first and, you know, it was weird to adjust my food intake and all that. I had to be on like a liquid kind of diet and then like, you know, applesauce consistency and stuff like that. Anyways, um, one day, this was about literally only five weeks after I had this procedure done. Five weeks. And this was supposed to stay in for six months. So five weeks, I had lost, what, maybe three to five pounds. So anyways, um, I'm dropping my son off at my mom's. And I start to get a little bit of a stomachache which I didn't really think a whole lot about because I had been having, you know, on and off little stomach aches here and there. And they said that was normal. Um, you know, it's a foreign object in your body. They gave me a bunch of medication like antiemetics, which are, you know, to help you not get nauseated or throw up. Um, some other kinds for, you know, antispasmatic, stuff like that. But anyways, this stomach ache felt different. And, you know, this was about two o'clock during the day. Um, I think it was on a Thursday, I believe. I don't even know. Um, so I go home and, you know, I don't feel well. So I get in bed and... You know, the stomach ache just kind of progresses and it just starts getting worse and 
worse and worse and worse. Like, it was not a normal stomachache. This was beginning to be something that I knew something had to be wrong. Um, in fact, my daughter was the only one here with me. She's 14, and I'm so thankful for that because I was able to call the ambulance. Um, now, this is 2 o'clock in the morning at this point. I had waited up until this point to where I could not stand or handle the pain anymore. It was just too much. And like I said, I knew at this point there was something wrong. So I call the ambulance. They come get me. They take me to a local hospital who barely acknowledges me as usual and kind of just puts me over in the corner of the emergency room. Um, at this point, I am moaning. I am actually throwing up at this point. Um, it, it was pretty, it was very gruesome. Like, um, I was, you know, pretty much yelling and screaming. It was hurting so badly and I was so sick. And so finally they did put me in a room, um, got my blood work. They ended up doing a CT scan. When the doctor finally came back in, he looked at me and he said, I'll never forget because I knew the look on his face, there was something really wrong. He said, you have a total and complete bowel blockage with a GI bleed which means you're bleeding into your stomach. I was horrified. I looked at him and said, well, okay, what are you going to do? Are you, I mean, what's going to happen? Or are you going to do surgery? And he literally looked at me and said, oh no, we're not going to touch you. You have to wait about two hours for an ambulance to come pick you up and take you to the hospital that did this to you and to the doctor who did this to you. Now, this is something that I later on found out you can die from. Like, you, your stomach can rupture, basically. But anyways, all I could think about at that point was how much pain I was in. I've never in my life felt that degree of pain. Um, you know, no amount of pain medication, um, you know, which was another thing because since I'm on, you know, still a very small amount of the Subutex, the pain medication was going to be very hard to help me basically because the whole point of Subutex is to block you know, any kind of narcotic. So I was kind of screwed. But they did continuously give me something and it would help for about 10 minutes and then I'd go back to screaming. And at this point, I would never want anybody to see me the way that I was. I was completely drenched in sweat I had actually pissed myself 
because I was in so much pain and I was throwing up so hard that I pissed myself. So I had to get those clothes off and get a gown on and you know how embarrassing. But at that point I was in so much pain, I don't think I gave a shit. I just kept looking at the clock waiting and waiting and waiting for this, you know, ambulance or whatever to come get me. So they finally get there. It's some rinky dink ass. I don't even know if it's a was a real ambulance or not. But I was in so much pain at this point and they just kept saying, well, we can't do anything for you. And I just kept screaming and screaming and I kept saying, why are you going so slow? And the guy literally said to me, well, this isn't considered an emergency, so I can't put on my lights or, you know, I can't go faster than the speed limit. And I literally was like, are you fucking joking me right now? Like, I mean, I just couldn't believe I, my, my faith in the system, you know, for healthcare just totally went out the window at this point. So it takes almost an hour to get to this other hospital. They throw me in a room. Okay, you'd think my doctor had plenty of time and notice to know what was going on, but they insisted on giving me an x-ray. Like I said, at this point, I had pissed myself. I was sweating. Now, after the x-ray, I was crouching down on the floor and I started vomiting blood. That's when I started to get very scared. Um, I kept screaming, why isn't anybody helping me? You know, the girl, one of the nurses literally came in and looked at me and said some snarky thing like, what the hell are you doing on the floor? Get, get up or something like that. And I just couldn't believe the audacity that she had to say that to me looking at me the way that I was. Also, I was so hot and I was sweating so much from the pain that I had gone over to the sink and I wet the back of my, you know, the back of my neck because, you know, I just didn't know what to do. Finally, my doctor comes in with another doctor and he looks at me and I'll never forget what he said. His words were, oh dear, this isn't good. I wanted to be like, no fucking shit, you idiot asshole. Do something right now. Get this out of me. I don't know what you did, but do something. So at that point, they finally got me up to surgery I was screaming at this point, just put me out, just put me out, just put me out, you know, put me under because I just, I didn't, I couldn't handle it. I I literally almost passed out a couple different times from how bad it hurt. Um, So they finally put me under. I wake up in a hospital room 
with a GI tube, which is a tube that's in my stomach and coming out of my nose, um, going down the back of my throat, pumping the, you know, leftover blood, you know, that was in my stomach. And I was also on IV, you know, um, narcotics and also IV, you know, just bags and bags of fluid because I had lost so much fluid. So I was on nothing by mouth and had to stay. And I didn't see my doctor until the very next day. And he didn't really have a whole lot to say except for the fact that he said, I was very worried because you could have died. And I just looked at him and just, I, I mean, I, I didn't know what to say. And then I finally said, I get my money back, right? And he looked at me and said, oh, <laughs> no, you know, that's, that's not even up to me, but you know, you, you sign papers and stuff like that. And I'm like, I only had that in for five weeks out of six months. And look what I went through. Like, there's got to be something. There's got to be a give somewhere. Like, come on. Which is funny because later, with you know, just a couple days ago, I get another bill of thousands of dollars on top of what I paid because of the hospital stay and the emergency surgery is what they called it. So my money that was supposed to cover the, you know, um, when they put it in and when they took it out, it, it was supposed to cover all that, all doctor's appointments, all that. But this was different because it was an emergency surgery. So now I'm being charged more money, thousands of dollars. I can't, I just can't believe this hospital and this doctor. Um, he finally took the NG tube out and he also wasn't giving me my medication properly. I'm on, you know, antidepressants and I also take, you know, anti-anxiety medication. Well, he refused to give me the anti-anxiety medication because of the fact that I was on narcotics, which again, wasn't really affecting me. It helped definitely with, you know, some of, some of the, take the edge off of the, you know, with the pain, but it, not like a normal person. Um, but you can't just stop taking anti-anxiety medication because you will go through severe withdrawal which is what happened to me. But anyways, by the next day, um, basically the nurse said he, the doctor had told her that if I ate something, then I could go home. Now, when I say that you wouldn't even feed your dog the shit that they gave me, I'm not even being rude or nasty about it. This shit was so disgusting and served with 
dirty silverware, a dirty ashtray. I mean, literally, it was a grilled cheese sandwich and it was completely burnt on one side. The cheese wasn't even melted. And then they slapped on the top of the, the bread. So there's no way in hell I'm eating this, you know? I was already so nauseous to begin with. So I ended up tearing off a piece and throwing it away in the bathroom trash can because I wanted to get the hell out of there. It was doing me no good because since they had me on, you know, all this other medication, but not my anti-anxiety medicine, I had been up for, you know, what, 48 hours at that point. Um, and completely full of anxiety. I have extreme anxiety. I forget what they call it. Um, it's severe depression with, um, you know, intermittent severe anxiety disorder or, you know, I don't know the exact diagnosis, which I should, honestly. Um, but anyways, back to the story. So, you know, they weren't giving it to me. And so I, you know, between not eating, not sleeping and not being able to take any of my meds, right? I felt like total shit. I just wanted to get the hell out of there. Finally, they let me leave and I went home and I was so sick that I literally watched the sun come up that night and day because I couldn't pick up my medication until the next day. But I was so sick and my anxiety was so bad that I had one of the worst panic attacks I ever had in my entire life. It lasted all night. I finally go to get my medication. I take it and I fall asleep finally. And I think I slept for like 24 hours or something crazy. But so now here I am left with, you know, a huge chunk of change that I just handed over for this procedure. Um, now I ended up with another bill for the emergency procedure, apparently, that my first several thousand dollars didn't cover. Um, I called and spoke with a patient advocate. I still haven't heard anything, which, you know, in my mind, I'm like 99.9%. They're not going to give me shit back. You know, regardless of what I went through, regardless of the fact that that doctor never told me that anything like that or even remotely close to or dangerous at that point could happen from this. It was like, oh, it just goes in and comes out. No, no big deal. You know, I remember him saying that to me in the office, like, oh, no, no, nothing will happen to you. Don't worry which I wasn't worried because obviously they made me feel like it was no big deal. So I'm, I'm outraged 
just by so many things. Um, the hospital didn't take care of me. Oh, that reminds me too. Apparently, when I got sent up from surgery, now I I remember this. I, I was in and out of it because I was still like coming, you know, coming uh, basically through anesthesia, like coming out of it. But these two nurses had my head in a bucket of warm water and they were just taking a comb and ripping. Now they were trying to do something nice for me, but they had to rip the comb through my hair because these doctors left vomit crusted all in my head, all through my hair and everything and left me like that. And I just remember these nurses combing through my hair, getting the vomit out of my hair, washing, and then braiding my hair and just saying, oh, we're, we're not going to leave you like that. There's no way we could leave you like that. And, you know, like, how, you know, sweet to do that, that that was the kindest moment in this entire thing was that these two nurses felt so bad for me because of how bad I looked. And that wasn't the only nurse that had told me how badly I looked when I came back up from surgery. So apparently, you know, they, they treated me real well. Um, and I also lost my voice because of how bad the, um, when they did the endoscopy, or the endoscopic procedure to get the balloon out, they obviously had to shove it in because I couldn't talk for like three days after this. I had no voice. So just remembering those nurses, you know, saying like, I just remember them combing and combing and combing and just saying, oh my God, I can't believe that they would send you like this. Like, I, it's just, this is awful. And you know, and I was just kind of in and out of it. And I'm just like, yeah. And they were like, you're not tender headed, are you? And I was just like, no, just like, like anything at that point would have been like nothing to me because of what I had been through, you know, the 24 hours before that, like how bad the pain was, like nothing, you know, that felt like nothing at that point. So, you know, they ended up combing it all out, washing my hair and then braiding it. But that was about the only, you know, nice, kind thing that anybody did at that hospital. Um, so as I was saying, going back to, I'm speaking to a patient advocate. Um, I don't even know necessarily what they can even do for you, if anything. Um, and I don't even know if an attorney could do anything for me, um, to be honest, but I am really pissed off at myself because I felt like, why were you trying to take a shortcut to begin with? I kind of felt like this was karma kind of in my face saying, you know, work out and eat right. Like, quit making excuses, get off your ass, go work out like everybody else and just start eating healthy. And you know what? 
ever since I left the hospital, that's what I've done. Every single day I work out. Every single day. And every single day I watch what I eat. Like to the point where I plan it out. Now I had never in my life had to do that or any of this. I had never exercised and I had never had to watch what I ate ever. But obviously I'm going to be 40. I've had five children. Um, you know, your body doesn't stay the way it is forever. I, I was an idiot to think it would, especially without watching what I ate or exercising. But, you know, I didn't live on planet Earth, obviously. So, just warning you, don't anybody do that. Don't let anybody talk you into any kind of procedure, especially stuff that's new or that has just come out or just kind of seems like it's taking a shortcut. I mean, this, you know, I, I had people trying to talk me out of it, which I should have just listened to them. You know, I wasn't exactly big enough to get it done anyways at that point, but I had just kept telling them that I was a certain weight, which I was a little bit under that to be truthful, but I wanted it so badly, um, you know, and here this is what happens. So like I said, I kind of felt like karma was like, fuck you, you know, like you're going to have to just do what everybody else does. Um, so all in all, that's basically how I feel. You know, I am angry that the doctors never told me or warned me or gave me any kind of notice, um, of these things that could happen, you know, I, I had no idea anything that awful or dangerous could happen to me. You know, I felt completely blindsided, um, you know, and these, these medical, you, you know, people, they just want your money. You know, that was cash, you know, that wasn't insurance. That was cash and a lot of it. And I could have done a lot of smart things with that money, you know, but I didn't. And now I can't do anything about it. So I guess, you know, you live, you learn. But that was a real tough, tough thing for me to swallow. You know, I especially feel guilty because I could have used that for something for my children or... You know, honestly, at that point, I was thinking, oh, Amber, you've had five children. You've given everything to them. You know, your sobriety, your every single day attention, you know, you've done everything for your kids. Um, So I felt like doing, you know, that that would be doing something for me. But obviously, it wasn't. (laughs) So... I guess what I'm trying to say is just be happy in your skin. And if you're not, just do go out and exercise or go out and get on a meal plan or whatever you can afford. I exercise in my room every day. 
You know, I look on YouTube or um, actually I have an app called Tammy Fit, which is Tammy Hembrow and how she, you know, got famous from her popular YouTube videos of her working out, you know, Um, and it actually shows you how to do the workouts and everything. It's really cool. So shout out to Tammy Hembrow. Um, also I want to say thank you to everybody that has and continues to listen to my podcast. Um, I really appreciate it. This has been my dream for years. I mean, several years. Um, also I want to say, uh, happy birthday to my little guy. Um, he's not my youngest. He's actually my fourth, but he turned five today. So happy birthday to him. And also I wanted to shout out to Anchor for providing this service for me, um, you know, and Spotify and just letting me, letting me do my dream. Um, you know, I really hope that this turns into something big and, you know, even if it it helps, you know, only a few people or, you know, makes a few people laugh or, you know, continue to to live and breathe each day, um, that's all that matters to me, you know? So have a wonderful rest of the weekend and I hope that you not necessarily enjoyed listening to all that, but now you're more informed at least. Um, so there's also, I wanted to let you know, um, a way that you can message me on here. Um, there is a link. It should be on there. Um, on the anchor, it, there should be a way to... you to message me, but I will try to copy the link, um, if I can figure it out and copy it to Facebook and Instagram so that if you want to leave messages to ask me anything or to, um, you know, yeah, just basically ask me anything or even tell your story, um, that would be great. So I'm going to do that. And with that, I'm going to wrap things up and say thank you.